good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Machines and Refugees and the Multicultural Myth and Secular Scam. Thank you so very much for joining me again today. I really appreciate your presence. And I'm on holiday, actually, in the woods, but I managed to find internet access and I am podcasting. I love it here. It's a beautiful place, which uh, I need to go again. So thank you very much for joining me. Today's episode is a continuation of sort of education of ancient India. There are many, many stories and events that happened in our ancient society that we were not made aware of. We know that our history was taken away from us, intellectual theft through the uh, through the uh, genocide and holocaust of uh, of the invaders on our temples on our on our education institutions, our universities all over the Indian subcontinent has really taken us into a downward spiral and has never risen up. And we 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 celebrate the so-called independence, but in reality, we never got independence. It was a scam, uh, and we just went further downhill. The currents continued and forms its waves and. This socialist Marxist era from 1947 has been the worst in history. Really, I, I don't even know how bad it is because this is now by our own people, people who consider themselves Indian, uh, but are, are worse than the British, are worse than the East India companies, they're worse than the Europeans, worse than the Mughals, the, the Delhi Sultanate, the Arabs. They have they've regraded us and done everything in their power to make us uh, to wipe away whatever's left of the Indian civilization and control the media and the academia in the name of secularism, uh, but whitewashed us with uh, histories that are not for us and left off everything that is our ancient history from our textbooks, from our news, from our academia and our media and fed us with this Bollywood nonsense and this garbage filth that we have become redundant um, and I came across on Facebook um, on my website religions regimes and refugees and I came across something uh, a book uh, the book is called saffron sword I do ask you if you um, if you ever get a chance on Amazon or anywhere to buy the book um, it is a beautiful book I'm telling you, I'm stunned, absolutely stunned by it. Um, there are stories from our past. Uh, and um, I, not, I don't have how who's written it yet, but many stories from our past. And they have, uh, it's a book now, and uh, it's available. And you will really be astounded by all these stories that have never uh, been told to us. And never really, um, never been brought out in public. But this is a beautiful book, so I'm going to ask you if you have a chance, please buy it. It's called Saffron Swords. You can get it on Amazon.ca. Oh, uh, sorry, should I say Amazon.in? Uh, I got it on Amazon.ca. Um, and if you have a choice, if you have a chance, go ahead and buy it. Uh, having said that, I'm going to read to you a couple of chapters on this book, uh, and you will see it's absolutely amazing, and uh, I can't read you everything, but yes, do go ahead and uh, 
buy the book if you can. So I'll start with chapter number one. It's on a lady called Ram Bayari Gujar. Okay, it's about how forty thousand women led by Ram Bayari Gujar attacked Timur, the Central Asian invader, and his forces. So Ram Bayari Gujar, she is unknown, an unknown name in Indian history, but her tale of valor is unmatched in the journals of our history books, uh, in our minds, in our heritage. Like thousands of other warriors who don't find place in our historical records, she remains unsung. Twenty years of Ram Bayari Gujar, along with 40,000 warriors, wreaked havoc on Tamils in Meerut and Haridwar in 1398, forcing them to flee India. Around 80,000 men from different communities, hill tribes, uh, were part of the troops that attacked Tamil and slaughtered a major portion of his army. Meerut, Haridwar and neighboring areas were saved from being looted and plundered by Tamil. Um, they saved the Hindus of the region from being massacred. Tamil's land had massacred lakhs of Hindus, raised temples to the ground and looted wealth from temples and civilians in, on his way from across the Indus River, a covering Atok Delhi towards Delhi, but he couldn't do this act of barbarianism on his return route. Ram Bavari, Ram Bayari Gujar was born in Saha Rangpur in a Chauhan Gujar family. During her childhood days, she loved listening to tales of valor of Indian warriors. She dressed up as a male and grew up and took interest in exercises and in wrestling. She was daring and fearless since her childhood. While in the farmland, she would quietly perform the daily exercises. She also practiced the art of warfare all by herself. She watched wrestling matches with great zest. She was known far and wide and her solidarity for solidarity traits. Much of her historical records available about the glories and victories of the Indian warriors were destroyed by the British. This was to prove their superiority and how unsure the later generations of the world that they were superior and they civilized India, which is what all invaders, what all empires do. Every single empire, every single group does the same thing. The Congress did it, everyone does it. Every person in power uses the same uh, equation. The Gujars were very brutal against the British. They slaughtered a great number of British Britishers. In return, the British declared Gujar as a criminal tribe in records and wiped off what historical records they could come across this community. Counted few, uh, counted few Britishers left true accounts of what they saw. Through these accounts, true history of this community and through accounts of heroism on, of other Indian warriors and explorers, besides historical ballads and folklore, passed down from one generation to another, orally glorify the warriors. Folklores and ballads in the UP, Haridwar and, and Garhwal region glorify Ram Payari Gujar. All those warriors fought against Tamil. Most of the available historical records glorify Tamil's conquest of Delhi. These records don't mention the barbaric Turko-Mongol conqueror failed expedition in Meerut, Harivar and Gadi and Garhwal region. The Harivar Garhwal episode does find mention in this 15th century Persian historian Sharaf 
Adin Yazdi's book is Safar Nama, a biography on Tammuz. The same is quoted by Muhammad bin Arbasha, an Arab writer and traveler, in a biography on the Turco-Mongol conquest. What actually happened to Tammuz uh, has hastened him to flee India without repeating um, the crimes he committed during his onward journey to Delhi. Historical records describe the barbarianism committed by uh, Turco-Mongol Taimur in Delhi. He has 100,000 Hindus captured. By the time he reached Delhi, he executed all of them and created a pillar with his head. So much for the religion of peace. Um, he executed all of uh, He spared those who converted to Islam. Vincent A. Smith, in his book, The Oxford History of India, from the earliest times to the end of 1911, wrote how Tamil attacks was targeted on Hindu population. His forces spared only Muslim neighborhoods and massacred and enslaved Hindus. Henry Muir Elliot and John Dawson, in their book, The History of India, as told by his own historians, the Mohammedan period, uh, volume 8 finds mention of the fellow uh, of the following descriptions from Tamil's barbarianism in Delhi, quoted from Sharaf Adin Ali Yazdi's book Zakharnama. Tamil's soldiers grew more eager for plunder and destruction. On that Friday night, there were 15,000 men in the city who were engaged from early evening till morning in plundering and burning the houses. In many places, the impure, infidel garbs of Delhi made resistance. Every soldier obtained more than 20 persons as slaves. And some brought as many as 50 or 100 men, women and children as slaves of the city. The other plunder and spoils were immense. Gems and jewels of all sorts. Rubies, diamonds, stuffs, fabrics, vases, vessels of gold and silver. On the 19th of the month, Gold Old Delhi was thought of, for many Hindus had fled thither. Amir Shah Malik and Ali Sultan Tarachi, with 500 trusty men, proceeded with against them, and falling upon them with the swords, dispatched them to hell. Tamil's return journey was not by choice but by compulsion. He was badly defeated in several battles in Meerut and Haridwar. He had to flee with a fatal wound that led to his death later. During this time, Dev Pala was the leader of the region comprising today's Meerut, uh, Saranpur, and parts of Haryana and Haridwar. These people alerted of the atrocities and massacres of Hindus committed by Tamils, people of different communities, principally Jats, Gujars. Uh, Ahir, Valmiki, Rajputs, Brahmins, Tribals, and more got in united for common cause to save the region from being looted and plundered, to save the Hindus from, be, from being massacred. The Panchayat system was prevalent during this time under Dev Pala. A Maha Panchayat was organized in an uh, in an urgency under the instructions of Dev Pala. It was around the end of 1398 when Tamil was in Delhi. Leaders from adjoining regions attended Mahapanchayat. It was decided that 500 young horsemen would spy on Tamil to know of his plans and 
future attack. That all strong men and women of the region will take up arms, get trained, join the Mahapanchat army. That that the elders and children should be shifted to safe places and few villages um, prone to attacks would be vacated. At the Mahapanchayat, Mahabali Yogaraj Singh Gujar was chosen as the Supreme General. Around 80,000 men joined the cause. Several generals were chosen by the Panchayat. Among the generals were uh, Mamchan Gujar, Harbir Singh Gulyajat, Dula Valmiki, Duranjal Ahir, Tuhiram Rajput, Umura Tiagi, and Hula Nai to name a few. Ram Tiagi Gujar was made the commander of the women. Um, she, was the, she was 20 years old, but strong and trained in art of warfare. She had leadership attributes. She was entrusted to expand her army by requesting more women to join. Other women were appointed Similar ranks were Hardai Jat, Dev Kaur uh, Rajput, uh, Chandra Brahmin, Ramdai Tyagi. In, in a short period of time, around 40,000 young village women joined the cause under Ram Tayari um, Gujar. These women never took part in a battle, but to save their motherland, to save the temples, to save the Hindus from being slaughtered. They were ready to sacrifice their lives. She trained the women on various tactics of using weapons. Meanwhile, the entrusted spies brought the news that Tamil would be advancing towards Meerut. This means he might take the route towards Sharanpur, Haridwar and Gravar. All 80,000 men and 40,000 women warriors assembled to hear from the Supreme General Mahabali Yograj Singh Gujra. They were armed with swords and chanted war cries. Uh, Yograj Singh Gujar thundered thus Viro, reflect on the discourse given by Sri Krishna to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita. For us, the donor to heaven has opened the moksha which the Rishi Munshi achieved by doing yoga. The hero warriors achieved by sacrificing their lives on the battlefield. Save the nation that is sacrificed yourselves, and the world will honor you. You have chosen me leader to my last breath i will not withdraw i salute the panchayat and take oath that until my last breath i'll defend the soil of bharat our nation has been shaken by the crimes and attacks of time warriors arise and do not delay fight the enemy army and throw them out of the nation ram payari gujar kissed her sword so did the women warriors men and women together took an oath that until their last breath they would obey the Supreme General and sacrifice their lives for the motherland. They pledged and they would never let Tamil and his army breathe freely uh, until uh, they were driven out of the country. For reduced casualties, the Hindu army was um, decided that they would act, attack Tamil and his army following the guerrilla welfare techniques. Um, plan according to information given by spies. The guerrilla warfare involved involvement to a small group of combatants in ambush, hit and run tactics, uh, sabotage, raids, and using arms. They also decided to face the enemy forces in open battle. Ram Payari Gujar instructed her troops 
how to act during time of attack. It was decided that the women would accompany the men, while part of the group of women would take up arms and attack the enemy. A uh, few would prepare food for the entire unit. Few would help deliver war materials to men and women warriors in action. Ram Payari Gujar also entrusted the brave women to attack, loot, and supply, um, um, and supplies of the enemy. This would lead to food shortage of the enemy. Uh, their starvation would also weaken the spirit and the Hindus could wreak havoc on enemy lines. According to the accounts of Dalip Singh, Ahal Vat in Jat district, 20,000 Maha Panchayat warriors uh, laid a surprise attack on Taimur's army in the middle of the night in Delhi. 9,000 of enemy soldiers were slaughtered and their corpses thrown in the river Yamuna. Before daylight, the Maha Panchayat warriors disappeared towards the outskirts of Delhi. Far from Taimur's forces, this continued for three nights. Frustrated Taimur Lang then left Delhi and advanced towards Meerut. Taimur Lang's attempt at plundering Meerut uh, failed, following the information given by the Panchayat spies. The heavily populated areas in Meerut were emptied and precious belongings shifted to a safe place. Um, villages on route to Meerut from Delhi, especially the route taken by Taimur, also the case. Hence, Taimu and his army felt restless. The Mahapanchayat warriors attacked Taimu's forces during the day. At night, Ram, um, at night, Ram Payari Gujar and women warriors laid surprise guerrilla attacks in the enemy camp, butchering the Mohammedan forces and looting their food supplies. As the enemy soldiers were uh, unaware, uh, they could not retaliate fully. Many of them were killed. They remained alert the next night and retaliated. Um, the Hindu army gave the army no chances to take rest or relax even at night. There were casualties on both sides, but it was higher on enemy side. Frustrated Tamil and his forces marched towards Haribur. The hill tribes who were experts in archery joined the Hindu forces. The Mahabali Panchayat followed the same strategy. As they followed in Meerut, Taimur was defeated twice in Haridwar. In the last battle, 22-year-old Harib Singh Gulyar Jat was able to hit Taimur in his chest with a spear. In retaliation, Taimur's soldiers badly wounded Harbin. Um, Yogar Singh Gujar took charge of the situation and at the same time facilitating the wounded Harbin to be taken to a safe place. The wounded Taimo, escorted by one of his ablest soldiers, fled the battlefield. It is said that Taimo could not recover fully from his wound. Description about his wound in, in a Haridwar battle finds mention in one of Taimo's biographies. He died after seven years. Taimo had come to India with an army of 150,000 men. He returned with only a few thousand soldiers. Uh, the rest were slain by the armies of Hindustan. Around 40,000 Mahapanchayat uh, Hindu, Hindustani warriors, both men and women, attained martyrdom. But they saved the region from being looted and plundered. They saved, the, they saved Hindustan from being massacred. Salute to Ram Payari Gujar and the Mahapanchayat warriors.
जय हिंद भारत माता की जय माई डियर फ्रेंड फ्रेंड्स दीज आर द स्टोरीज ऑफ एंशियंट इंडिया दैट हैव बीन केप्ट फ्रॉम अस बट 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 रिमेन इन आर हार्ट इन आर सोल्स ऑन आर बेडेड इन आर डी एन ए वी हैव इनहेरिटेड दिस जर्नी वी हैव इनहेरिटेड हर हेरिटेज हर नॉलेज हर एंशियंट नॉलेज एंड दीज वॉरियर्स आर स्पीकिंग टू अस टूडे वेक अप फॉर हिंदुस्तान वेक अप टू द साइंस एंड नॉलेज ऑफ योर एंसेस्टर्स that you may rise up and raise and save her civilization one more time and res- resurrect her to a, a new day a new day when uh, vedic hindustan uh, bharatvarsh will be um, the brightest light on in in the cosmos um and um, i hope that you can um have a chance to listen to this uh to read these books the book is called saffron swords uh it is not for you to take to to go to battle to use a sword it is for you to understand the knowledge of our ancestors uh that we've inherited um and the knowledge that we can empower ourselves with to heal to understand what has brought us to this junction today uh to heal to reconcile with the land with the earth and with our ancestors to give them credit and to rise up to a new generation of warriors through knowledge to intellect uh to joining the dots to offloading this abrahamic colonization of our minds and free ourselves from the from the slavery uh that they have imposed on us and and rejoice in the heritage that we've been left and our ancient vedic um ancestors who are still who live in us and heal us day in day out um so that is one story from the book saffron swords and i will read you another chapter 14 the gujjars in in the freedom movement in 1824 so what i read for you was in 1398 i think so that was uh, what 500 years prior we come 500 years down and we come to 1824 hundreds of gujjars martyred and hundreds and hundreds in hung in a single tree history book textbooks hardly find mentions of many significant events before the freedom struggle of 1857 there were numerous small uprisings across the length and breadth of the country one bigger uprising needs special mention here it was the uprising of 1824 where hundreds of uh, warriors principally gujjars bravely resisted and sacrificed their lives It is an irony of that this war of independence of 1824 is not mentioned in our history books thanks to our marxist um secular scam of the of the left um it is an irony uh, sorry rather it finds mention in a historical account by James Grant <laughs> uh, yes my dear friend a foreigner telling us about our own indian story Castle Illustrated History of India by James Grant 1822 to 1827 finds a detailed description about the first war of independence in 1824 It was the year 1824 the British had by then annexed a major part of uh, India and I'm talking about the British East India Company Kut Kunja Bahadur Bahadurpur earlier under Derdeen and presently under Rukhi Tehsil Haridwar district Uttarakhand was under the riyasat of Raja Vijay Singh 
his riyasid extended as far as Sharanpur and Meerut. The Raja declared his independence and held siege of the Kunja fort. He made Kalyan Singh his general. He started collecting taxes. For one instance, when the British were transporting their treasury from Jallianwala from Jawalpur to Sharanpur, escorted by 200 British soldiers, Kalyan Singh led his men and attacked them. The Gujars looted the treasury and killed a number of British forces. Um, and soon after, British forces tried to curb the Afats, but in rain, freedom fighters turned more active and looting, butchering uh, the British uh, soldiers of the British East India Company. Okay, because uh, by then, um, the British East India Company was still in force. Yeah. The British forces employed Gurkhas for this task and marched towards Kunja Bahadarpur. In words of the authors of the book, the castle illustrated history of India on the 2nd of October 1824. An express reached Dira from Mr. Grindal, the local magistrate of Sharanpur, stating that part of the district has risen in rebellion that upwards of 800 men, principally Gujars, headed by a notorious freebooter named Kobar, had taken possession of Gori Kunja in that neighbourhood and was committing species of atrocities. He announced the advent of Kali, the last Hindu of Taos, for the purpose of putting an end to the reign of foreigners. In Grindal solicited the aid of 200 rank and file of Shivmur Battalion, which had been formed by disbanded Nepalis in 1850. In the detachment instantly marched under Captain Yanni, commanding the corps, co accompanied by Honorable Frederick Shaw by the, of the Bengal Civil Service, who, with his accustomed zeal and love of enterprise, marched with little band. Mr. Grindal um, joined the detachment at Sikandarpur uh, with 150 men of the Sirmur Battalion, attended by Lieutenant Dibba. The body of the engineers and Dr. Royal as volunteers. After after a forced after a march of 36 miles, the forces reached the scene of action in Dehradun, a valley through which the Ganges flowed in form of a stream, full of green islets and and formidable with difficulty, and where the forests abound with elephants, tigers, leopards, black bears, and stripped by hyenas. The rebels were found drawn up outside, and the forts along the skirts of the village of Kunja in fighting order. They instantly form um, open fire among the advancing column, which was quickly led by the attack of Captain Yali. A fierce fight ensured between the Gujars and the British army outside the fort. A number of Gujars attained martyrdom. The walls of the fort were high. Captain Young's target was to enter the fort. Escalade was impossible, as there were neither detachments nor ladders, and there are no guns to blow open the gates. On, on Mr. Shaw's suggestion, a large tree was cut and its branches were loped off by Gujars, by Gurkhas, um, um, using their sharp kukri. They obtained ropes using the gate, using the ropes and trees that rammed against the gate. At every attempt, the Gujaks attacked, thrusting long spears through the opening of the iron gates of the fort. The British opened fire. In the fifth attempt, the British succeeded in making a, a pressure, 
in the gate and only large enough to of entrance and a stupid box Captain Young dashed through the opening attended by two soldiers, followed closely by Shaw and I. In the words of the author, as we rushed on without having time to look about us, a man sprang from a corner of the rear and aimed a desperate blow at the back of his neck and would surely have killed him, but the quick eye of Shaw who had just reared his tall form after brushing through the aperture, saw his friend's danger, and the full swing of the sword sent the lifeless trunk of the Gujar bounding past Young. Due to the effect of the blow by the Gujar mutineer, Young's neck turned blue. A fourth fight ensured the victory. 150 Gujars were slain by the British forces inside the fort. Meanwhile, a gallant Lucas and Chuck entered Quelvar, as described by the author, who by then had killed seven soldiers of the British force. Using his sword and shield, he aimed to the notice of Shaw. He was involved in combat on the flat roof of the house adjoining the ramparts. Frederick Shaw approached him for a combat on the rooftop. A fight ensured between the two. In the words of the author, Indian was perfectly naked, with the exception of a middle coat, and he was gaily and fantastically painted for this, his last battle. He was armed with a sword and a shield, and scornfully addressed ashore as, as they advanced towards each other. Would you two have turned Sipahi to fight the Gujars? The next moment their swords were seen flashing in the setting sun, but in the combat shore fought at a great disadvantage, the shield having been rendered nearly useless by the loss of his uh, corded handle, and he could only grasp his two rings of which the latter had been attached. During the fight, Shaw was heavily wounded. Kalyan Singh of the Gujar Pelvan was able to hit several balls with a sword on Shaw's chest. He was about to kill when Captain Young turned up. He opened fire at Kalyan Singh. In the author's own words, at this time Captain Young reached the place where the two were fighting and, le and leveled his Joe mantle at the Gujar's breast. The first barrel flashed in the pan, but a ball from the second pierced his chest just as he was making a desperate cut. The sharp blade swept under Shaw's uh, unsteady shield and gashed aside. At the moment, his antagonist fell dead back. Shaw never recovered from his wounds. In the words of the author, his originally robust constitution never recovered the wounds uh, received at Kunja, and though he survived till 1836, and when he died in Calcutta in his 38th year. In the fight in the fort of the Gujars, 37 British forces lost their lives. They, were cap um, they captured Raja Vijay Singh. He was later hanged at Charanpur. Hundreds of Gujars lost their lives. Raja Vijay Singh's head and Kalyan Singh's waist were hung on the main gate of Zeradu. Um, um, sorry, Raja Vijay Singh's head and Kalyan Singh's waist were hung at the main gates of Zeradu jail. Later, the head was transferred to Thompson College, the University of Rukhi. The British captured 
local Gujarat, especially men. Kunja Bahadur. In a single day, hundreds of them were hung by the neck until a dead, until death, on a huge tree. This tree still contains the iron ring, Kundal, where they were hung. Uh, salute to the sons of the soil who sacrificed their lives for the freedom of their motherland. Um, my dear friend, that is astounding. I have never heard these stories and I'm sure none of you have. Um, it is time to resurrect the Indian subcontinent movement. It's also time to empower Gujarat with the knowledge it needs. Now, at this point of time, there are two main events going on in the Indian sub uh, over the world that I've been following. One is the Pope's visit to Canada and his um, uh, and his um, apology to the native Indians. Um, and you have all the politics going on in India. Both lands, and so was every single uh, region of this at that time and even on onwards. They were all tribal kingdoms, tribal warriors, tribal kingdoms, small kingdoms. There were no big kingdoms. The big kingdoms had disappeared. They were small vessel states. Um, and even if there were empires, they were made up, made up of multiple vessel states together, which are allied with the main king, the emperor. But the emperor didn't rule of an empire just like that. Every empire was made up of smaller kingdoms that allied with the main king. And there were many alliances. There were no Hindus versus Muslims. Hindu was people who, everyone was Hindustan. And there were alliances. You would have people of different groups allying with a, a local leader, fighting against another leader, an invading leader, with uh, other alliances. So remember, power is heterogeneous. Uh, ideology is um, homogeneous. So a tribe or a kingdom will give you the same ideology to the people on the ground, to its tribal folk, to its kingdom. It'll give you, but when it's on the top, when it's in power, when it forms alliances, it is heterogeneous. It has to ally with different people of different backgrounds and different groups because they are cyclic, they're 360. So everyone at the at, at the bottom of, of the of the circumference will ally together to reach the top, and the top will ally together to remain on top, and then the cycle turns, and those on the top will ally together, um, and the, when they're at the bottom, and form another alliance, uh, different types, different tribes, but they will form an alliance, because we're 360 degrees, and every angle is a degree, is a kingdom, is a tribe, and we. Although we have homogeneous ideologies, we have heterogeneous alliances for power, and that's important to know. So we know that on the Indian subcontinent, the Vedic land, the Vedic nation never succumbed. It's the ancient, the most ancient of civilizations still standing, while every other single civilization died, including North America. And the um, natives have almost been wiped out. So why did the native lose? Why did the Indian subcontinent, the Indians on the Indian subcontinent, never submitted? Or even if they did, in part, they were finally, they finally arranged to, um, they finally managed to re resurrect themselves and revive the empire 
revive the Vedic age, and that's what we're doing here today. What is the difference between the native Indians of the Americas and the, and the Indians, uh, our um, um, ancestral Indians of the Indian subcontinent? Well, guess what? Knowledge, my friend. Knowledge is the biggest. Uh, uh, knowledge is the most important uh, weapon in your army. It is the biggest and the most powerful of tools you will have, and it will save you. Because through the knowledge, through the dissemination of knowledge, our temples, our knowledge, our, um, our ancient sources, we were able to connect the dots. We were able to inspire generation after generation after generation. While the natives of the Indian of the Americas never had that. They never had the temples. They never had the, the knowledge. Theirs was, were tales that were okay. They were tales of their ancestors. But they were not strong enough and not uh, synchronized enough to keep the people connected. And so they succumbed and slowly by slowly they decimated and nothing remained. But on the Indian subcontinent, the knowledge of our ancestors kept us intact, kept us, um, kept us uh, informed, kept us um, empowered. And, and we connected the dots and empire after empire that formed within ourselves among the Indian subcontinent, uh, locals who rose up to decimate uh, their own civilization, and um, thousands and hundreds and thousands of millions of people who came to the land as refugees and uh, recreated their empires on this land to rise from within and destroy it all, um, including foreign invaders. They were never successful. They were successful for small periods of time, like the Marxists, the, the communists um, in South India, and the Marxists in North India, they did everything in their power to decimate us, but we are slowly rising up because of the knowledge of our ancestors. And so it's important to understand us, it's important to spread the knowledge, and it's important to empower yourself with the stories and knowledge of our ancestors and this great Vedic land that is the last of the uh, civilizations of the ancient world. I ask you to share this podcast with me. To read the books, uh, share it with your children, your descendants, your friends, share it to at least five people, um, talk about uh, this with your social media groups, share this book, um, um, uh, celebrate this book, it's called Saturn Swords, I ask you to please uh, support this and uh, promote this on your on your on your social media groups with your schools with your colleges have that conversation with at least five people debate it research it and resurrect um, uh, a civilization and we will all live happily together so thank you very much for your time i will post the link on my profile page for the book and i, I ask you to have a great day cheers my friends peace to you all